0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gardener. My name is Esther Aiken, and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. Right, today's episode I have decided to dedicate to weeding, mostly because I've been able to spend a whole day in my garden and it was just amazing. The weather has just put on an absolutely beautiful, sunny, crisp, winter's day and I have been able to do my lawns I've been able to weed my veggie plots I've been able to work with my pot plants it has basically been my dream gardening day and a big chunk of it consisted of you guessed it weeding this time of year it doesn't really matter so much if you turn the soil over because it's still too cold for a lot of the weed seeds to germinate especially here in New Zealand In saying that the soil temperature wasn't cold. This has been evidenced by the flowering cherries literally flowering a month ahead of when they are actually due to flower. We're supposedly in the middle of winter here and we're experiencing spring flowers already. I've seen a huge amount of daffodils flowering and the reason we have what's called Daffodil Day here in New Zealand on the 31st of August is because that's when the bulk of the daffodils are flowering and I suspect that this year there is Definitely not going to be the case. Most of them would have already finished flowering by then, which is really sad because Daffodil Day is a massive fundraiser here in New Zealand for cancer research, and it is vital that it goes well as an annual fundraising campaign. It just shows you that our seasons are so up the creek without a paddle, and that I'm also back doing my bees. Yesterday, I went around all of my hives and checked to see what had survived. The winter, or the so-called winter, and what hadn't. I knew I was going to have quite a number of losses because of the rain and just the horrible, horrible weather we've been having over the last seven plus months. I'm not the only one experiencing hive losses in the industry. It's just being hurt so bad. And I've talked about this a number of times already on this podcast. And the agriculture and horticulture industries that are relying on bees for their pollination are going to really really struggle for beekeepers to be able to meet their pollination requirements. A lot of bee businesses have gone out of business and are selling the hives. To be perfectly honest, I'm also considering possibly scaling down to just having a couple of my own hives for personal use, and that may just be it. Everything has just gotten so expensive and seeing some of my results because of environmental factors, it has been a very painful day seeing what the weather has done to my bees. I'm not planning on making this episode a long one and that's only because it is a Sunday morning and Mother Nature has again put on a stunning, stunning day and I would rather be out there than stuck in my office. As much as I love podcasting and sharing the love when it comes to gardening, you're going to have to excuse this girl because sunshine has been a precious and far and few in between occurrence. Now, let's get into weeding. It is amazing how many times I get asked what is a weed. And a simple answer is a garden weed is any plant that is unwanted or considered to be a nuisance in a garden or other cultivated areas. Weeds can grow quickly and compete with other plants for nutrients, water and sunlight, which can cause damage to the plants you want to keep. Common garden weeds include daddy lines, broadleaf plants, docks and thistles, among others. There are many methods for controlling weeds, including pulling them by hand, using herbicides or using organic methods such as mulching or planting cover crops. It is important to manage garden weeds to maintain a healthy and productive garden. Everybody has different ways of weeding their garden. I tend to one particular garden along the driveway that I only weed once or twice a year and that is mostly because I don't mind a bit of weed cover around the base of my lavenders for example. It does stop the soil from running onto the driveway and into the drains especially when it's raining and also over summer it retains moisture in that particular garden and I don't have to necessarily go out and water it but other parts of my gardens I cannot stand to have weeds in there like my raised garden beds with my vegetable gardens in it. I would rather have my desirable plants taking advantage of any nutrients and moisture that is in the soil rather than giving it away to a non-productive plant such as what I would consider a weed. As I've mentioned many times before maintaining a garden can be a great way to enjoy nature and get fresh produce but it can also be a lot of work. Weeding is one of the most important aspects of garden maintenance as it helps keep unwanted plants from competing with your crops for water nutrients and sunlight. I've compiled a list of some key garden weeding tips to help keep your garden healthy and productive. So as we all know weeds can grow very quickly so it's important to weed often to prevent them from taking over your garden. Weeding is easiest when the soil is moist as the weeds will come up more easily. But I must warn you, if you are going to weed when your soil is moist, it can be destructive to the soil structure. So this particular tip comes with a disclaimer, go with your gut instinct when it comes to soil moisture, because there is a fine balance between friably moist and completely sodden. Using the right Tools now, you know, I am a really big fan of using the right tools in weeding, in particular. You can use a hoe, trowel, and other tools to remove weeds. Larger weeds may require a shovel or another heavy duty tool. I have my Nawashi, and I absolutely Love it! It is so easy to use and it literally just scratches through the top surface of the soil with complete ease and only cutting the roots of surface weeds so it does not disturb any root systems from your desirable plants. Of course, you have to be careful because it's still a sharp blade and you don't want to damage any of your prime vegetables or ornamentals. I absolutely adore this little almost hand hoe type tool. And if I could, I would have it buried with me. I know that's probably a little bit morbid, but if you are a absolutely keen as gardener like I am, you know what it's like to love a gardening tool just that much. That it would it's literally an extension of you. Now another one is to pull weeds by the roots. Now be sure to pull the weeds out by the roots as leaving the roots in the ground can result in new growth. This is particularly important if you have a tap-rooted weed. Even just leaving a little bit can stimulate new crown growth for the plant to regrow. The dog plant in particular is a classic example of this. But again, it's important to remove the roots because, again, it competes with your desirable plants if left in place. Now, removing weeds before they flower. I cannot stress this one enough. Weeds can spread quickly, so it's important to remove them before they have a chance to flower and produce seeds. I'm going to, again, reiterate this one. Plants use a lot of energy to reproduce, which means that it is sucking the goodness out of the soil which could be better utilized by your desirable plants. And of course, as I mentioned before, you don't want them to spread through the garden and make more weeding for yourself. Now, number six, I believe, I have done an entire podcast on this particular topic before, and that is, to mulch your garden. Mulching helps to prevent weeds from growing by blocking sunlight and preventing weed seeds from germinating. It is also a bonus that it retains moisture in your garden, especially if you're in an area of drought or water restrictions. If you haven't listened to my episode on mulching before, then definitely check out the episode. Let me have a look. Goodness me. Oh my gosh. It was episode six. Now that was a while ago. Anyway, something I have learnt a long time ago was to plant densely. Planting your crops closely together can help to prevent weeds from growing between them. This is where it's important to plan your crops because you don't want one outshading the other but effectively your desirable crops do in fact shade out the weeds. So a little bit of a conundrum there. I cannot emphasize this one enough and that is to use organic weed control methods instead of using harsh chemicals. Try using organic weed control methods like vinegar, boiling water or pulling weeds by hand. Later in this episode I actually give you a natural recipe you can create in your kitchen to control weeds so definitely keep listening and have a bit of pen and a paper nearby now here is one it has taken me a long time to master and that is to be patient weeding can be a time-consuming process but it's important to be patient and to ensure your garden stays healthy. The more you weed, the less you have that will regrow because you are moving that seed bank in the soil. Well, you're removing it because you're not replacing it. So what may appear as a monumental task to begin with will get easier as time progresses, as long as you stay on top of it. Like anything, consistency is key. But above all else, enjoy the process. Weeding can be a relaxing and meditative activity so try to enjoy the process and like me take pride in keeping your garden healthy and productive. One of the things I have struggled with and most especially when it is finicky weeding and that is struggling with the body. So I asked myself the question what are some of the things I do to make weeding e- weeding easier on the body. I brainstormed a few ideas and this is pretty much what I've come with, up with but again everybody is different and how they prefer to weed but this might be helpful as I mentioned previously I have my Nawashi. yes it was a little bit on the pricey side but I can't recommend more than you you know the I can't recommend it more that you invest in good tools high quality gardening tools can make a big difference when it comes to weeding look for tools that are ergonomically designed and have padded handles that are easy on the hands again something I recommend to my clients and of course you my listener is that don't buy the cheap and nasty when you're buying tools, always go for the industrial or the tradey tools. Yes, they're often potentially 3 times the price of a cheap and nasty, but they will absolutely last the distance. And if you have to replace the handle, it's easy enough to do. But in most cases, I've had tools last for well, basically for ever. Here in New Zealand we have what are called garage sales. I think across the world they're called yard sales and often it is a fantastic opportunity to pick up some of the golden oldies of gardening tools. You get them for an absolute bargain and yet they still have a good 20 years of wear and tear left in them. Tools are just not the quality that they used to be so definitely spend the money on them and you won't regret it. The next one is something that I'm still working on and I forget to do it to be perfectly honest and that is to take frequent breaks. Weeding can be hard on the back and knee so it's important to take frequent breaks to stretch and rest. Try to stand up and stretch every 20 to 30 minutes and take breaks to sit down and rest your feet. Don't forget to load up on your water and take regular food breaks. I get so lost in my gardening that I've had a few instances where I got up way too fast and the world does its spinny thing and I've checked the time and it's been like three hours since I last had a drink of water or had something to eat and potentially that's me done for the day. This one has been a lifesaver, and that is to use a kneeling pad. It provides a cushioned surface that protects your knees and makes it easier to reach weeds at ground level. One of my absolute best friends is a, as a birthday present for me made me this hessian sacking stuffed knee pillow with a piece of rope attached to it. It means that I can hang it up when I'm not using it and I can tie it to one of the wheelbarrow handles when I'm not again using it but I'm still in the garden so I'm not leaving it lying around the garden and it's been amazing to use on my knees and occasionally I've even found the cat sleeping on it so it must be cozy. Just in case I wasn't clear enough previously I'm going to mention it again and that is to mulch your garden beds. Anything that means less weeding for you is worth mentioning on repeat and as it also helps to keep the soil moist and cool in summer, it's a winner all year round. Now this is something I keep getting into trouble for by my osteopath and that is to practice good posture. When weeding it is important to maintain good posture to avoid strain on the back and neck, keep your back straight and avoid hunching over or twisting your body. But you know what, sadly I'm very naughty, and I forget to keep my back straight, and I hunch all the time, and I've known to twist my body, especially when digging or rotary hoeing, but at least I have mentioned it and covered that part of the safety chat. Thank you and please and you're welcome. Okay, so something I've always struggled with is also choosing what clothing to wear when weeding my garden. And when it comes to gardening, it is important to wear comfortable, breathable clothing that allows you to move freely. Loose fitting clothing made of lightweight and breathable fabrics such as cotton or linen are ideal for gardening on hot days days. Additionally you may want to wear a hat to protect your face and neck from the sun, as well as gardening gloves to protect your hands from thorns and sharp objects. Clothes, toe, shoes or boots are also recommended to protect your feet from mud, insects and other hazards. Just be wary. That if you are using equipment that has moving parts, then of course you wear clothing that is closely fitted to your body so that it doesn't get caught in the equipment. And absolutely remember your sunblock. Here in New Zealand, the UV levels are quite high and as such, melanoma and other skin cancers are known to be a pain in the backside. So as they say, slip, slop and slap, basically slip on comfortable clothing, slop on the sunscreen and slap on the hat. Now one of the things as I've mentioned before was gardening gloves and wearing gloves when weeding is highly recommended for several reasons. Firstly it helps to protect your hands from injuries that can be caused by thorns, splinters and sharp edges of weeds or gardening tools. Secondly gloves can also protect your skin from harmful chemicals that may be present in the soil or pesticides that you you might use to control weeds. Gloves also help to prevent blisters and calluses from forming on your hands due to friction while pulling weeds. Another reason why you should wear gloves when weeding is to reduce the risk of infection. The soil can harbor bacteria, fungi and other microorganisms that can cause infections if they enter your body through cuts or abrasions on your skin. By wearing gloves, you can lower the risk of infection and keep your hands clean and healthy. Lastly, gloves can improve your grip, make it easier to pull out weeds, especially if the soil is wet or slippery. This can save you time and effort and also prevent damage to the roots of surrounding plants. So when you're Next, weeding, make sure you put on a pair of gloves to protect your hands and make the job easier. My daughter's just had her tetanus injection through the school immunization program and she basically refused refused to let the nurse jab her. Now, I'm not a big fan of injections, but in this case, tetanus is a nasty spore and the soil, basically, the soil (coughs) um, develops of, oh, sorry, the soil... The spore in the soil, when the It enters the body, it becomes a bacteria that can cause a multitude of nasty symptoms. So it's much easier to wear a decent pair of gardening gloves than it is to get sick. Now comes the next question and that is what makes a good gardening glove? There are a few key factors to consider. Firstly, a good gardening glove should fit well. It should be snug enough to provide good dexterity, but not so tight that it restricts movement or circulation. Look for gloves with adjustable wrists closures to ensure a secure fit or at least a high quality elastic cuff. Secondly good gardening gloves should be durable. Gardening can be tough on gloves so choose a pair made from sturdy materials such as leather or synthetic leather. Reinforced fingertips and palms can also help prolong the life of the glove. I have an old pair of bee gloves that I use as they protect my upper arms as well. Thirdly, a good gardening glove should be comfortable. Look for gloves with soft breathable materials such as cotton or bamboo to help keep your hands cool and dry. Padded or gel-filled gloves can also provide extra cushioning for your hands, but if you do get the gel-filled ones, be prepared to replace them more frequently. Finally, consider the type of gardening you'll be doing if you will be working with thorny plants Choose gloves with long cuffs to protect your forearms. If you'll be working with wet soil or chemicals, look for gloves with waterproof coatings or materials. Now, the next question I have been asked before, and that is, are gardening gloves waterproof? Most gardening gloves are not completely waterproof, but many are water resistant and can protect your hands from getting wet while you work. Gardening gloves are typically made from materials such as leather, rubber, or or nylon, which can help to repel water to some extent. However, if you're planning to work in very wet conditions, it is a good idea to look for gloves that are specifically designed for water resistance. Some gloves have a waterproof coating or lining that can help to keep your hands dry. Additionally, gloves that are made from neoprene or PVCs can be more effective at keeping water out. It's important to keep in mind that even the most water-resistant gloves will eventually soak through if they are submerged or exposed to heavy rain for an extended period of time. I have found that some of the waterproof gloves have also caused my hands to sweat quite profusely, especially in summer when everything is hot and miserable, sorry, hot and amazing yeah I'm not a big fan of the heat so it does pay to have a towel or talcum powder with you to make sure that you keep your hands nice and dry inside the moisture resistant gloves so that you're not negatively impacting on sensitive skin potentially. Now shoes in a garden when weeding I've always tended to wear my gumboots but there are some really cute little sloggers I believe they're called which are little gummy shoes, but that's only if I'm doing my home garden. When I'm working with clients, I've always got my steel caps on just to make sure that they're really comfortable. And because you tend to squat regularly when weeding, the leather on my steel caps tend to fail in the creases. So make sure that you oil the leather, especially if you get wet boots regularly and that will minimize the wear and tear on the boot itself. Okay enough about clothing and safety boots and gloves as you can tell that is as a health and safety specialist in me coming out. I promise you I promised you a natural weed killing recipe. Now this is not my family recipe which I will never give away but it is one I've used many times before and it has always been successful. A natural weed killing recipe can be made with simple household items. One recipe includes mixing equal parts of white vinegar and water in a spray bottle. You can add a few drops of dish soap to help the solution stick to the weeds. Another recipe involves boiling water and pouring it directly over the weeds. This method is particularly effective for weeds growing in cracks or between pavement. Additionally you can sprinkle salt directly on the weeds or mix it with water to create a solution. However be careful not to use too much salt as it can harm other plants in the area. Finally a mixture of baking soda and water can also be effective. Simply mix baking soda and water to form a paste and apply it directly to the weeds. These natural weed killing recipes can be a great alternative to harsh chemical sprays and are better for the environment another natural method of weed management in a garden that I've been asked about before is using a weed burner and if they work but just so that I'm clear I'm not a fan. Weed burners, also known as flamers, are a popular tool for gardeners who want to control weeds without using harsh chemicals. They work by heating up the weed with a flame, which causes the cell walls to burst and the weed to die. Here are some pros and cons of using a weed burner in the garden. Pro- environmentally friendly weed burners do not use any harmful chemicals making them eco-friendly options easy to use weed burners are easy to use and require no special skill or knowledge fast using a weed burner is a quick and effective way to control the weeds in your garden but the cons fire risk weed burners use an open flame which can be a fire hazard if used improperly they're limited in effectiveness weed burners are most effective on young weeds and may not be as effective on larger or more established weeds. Three, they can damage plants. If not used carefully, a weed burner can damage nearby plants or even start a fire. It is important to use them carefully. Follow all safety instructions to minimize the risk of fire and damage to plants. Again, this is a very popular item, tool, with fire bugs. Steam treatments, however, and on the other hand, are pretty much the same result as a weed burner. And you can use ste- stream, stream, steam, obviously, instead of fire. Again, lots of caution required. Right now that I've covered quite a bit of information I'm going to do a little bit of a summary and that is as we know gardening is a wonderful hobby that can be very rewarding but nothing is more frustrating than putting on all that hard work to maintain your garden only to have it overrun with weeds. Fortunately as discussed there are several steps you can take to keep your garden weed free and basically that means you start preparing your garden beds properly. This means removing any existing weeds and there roots before planting. You can also use a weed barrier such as landscape fabric or mulch to prevent weed growth. Yep, I had to just pop that mulch thing in there again. (laughs) Second, make sure to space your plants adequately to allow them to grow without competing with each other. That planted they plants are close enough to prevent the weeds from establishing and regularly mulching your garden beds with organic materials such as straw, grass clippings or leaves. This will help to suppress weed growth and also retain moisture in the soil. Just to be very aware that when you use grass clippings that you do not place them hard up against the stems of the plants because you will overheat the stems and burn them so and also potentially suffocate the root systems. I tend to not to use grass clippings directly if I can avoid it and I do compost them down before I use them for anything in my garden but it is a common practice still being used and very commonly just remember that straw and grass clippings also have seed still present so you may if you don't keep it up with the weeding still get a slight incursion of weed growth. Now my last bit of summary was Consider using natural weed deterrents such as vinegar or boiling water. These can be applied directly to the weeds and will kill them without harming your plants. And be vigilant and regularly inspect your garden for any signs of weed growth. The sooner you catch and remove the weeds, the easier it will be to keep your garden weed free. By following these tips and being proactive in your garden maintenance, you can enjoy a beautiful and weed free garden all season long I hope that today's topic was of interest I realized I did load you up with a lot of information about weeding and you managed to take something positive away from it if you do have any gardening questions please do reach out I'm going to keep compiling a list and every now and again I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions now Every week I mention this and don't be shy. Let me know if you're needing some private coaching, no matter what level from beginner to experience, reach out and let's chat. I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available. Sometimes it really is just easier to accomplish a task or a project having a gardening mentor and quietly holding you accountable to whatever tasks you set flick me a dm or email and let's check to see how we can work together my contact details as always are in the show notes don't forget to email or dm me for one of my gardening freebies and as always i say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget have an incredibly abundant week and i will buzz you later bye Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email in Let's Connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one on one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arbiculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses including from startup to working on million dollar open space management contracts for many years now let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.